one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Uh, who wants a really damn statement? And a statement I'm going to give you right now, I'm going to stop doing that, I cannot keep the accent up for the whole damn show, is that I would have bet my life on the outcome of the pre-show match. Also, hello, my friends, and welcome to Ups and Downs for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view premium live event. <laughs> what a crazy day it's been. But we've done one of these today, the smack down, and now I'm back once again, and I don't even know who I am anymore. What does that mean? Here's the deal, though. It did just finish the Elimination Chamber, so let's up those downs. But yes, out of nowhere, we did get a pre-show match, which was the Kabuki Warriors taking on Indy Hartwell and Candice Ray. I'm just going to tell you, and this was a theme of the damn event, the reason it was so good is because Indy Hartwell was so happy to be performing in her home country. It made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. But yes, in no world were they ever going to win the World Tag Team Championships because that would have been ridiculous. But what it did do, is, like I say, it got her a nice pop. Candice was clearly happy for her, but also the Kabuki Warriors were like a mechanical robot tag team. They looked really good. They were not doing this. Hartwell also hit a dive to the outside because, of course, even if you are on the other side of the world, if you have a wrestling show, we must still do dives. And he even got a one-two-oo after the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. Now, I was a bit like, it's <laughs> never going to work. And it didn't. It just kind of annoyed the Kabuki Warriors, to be honest with you, because they smashed Candice DeRay. They did it the old tag, and they hit the double insane elbow, whatever you want to call it, and they got the one, two, three. But the good thing about this, whether it was planned or not, is it means the women's tag team titles were defended on a big show again. As long as we keep doing this, we can rebuild the things. That's very important, but again, I just had such a nice time watching it. I like nice, it's nice. Around this time, too, we saw every single member of the roster entering the stadium. I swear. It was like WWE had gone. Someone on the planet may never watch wrestling before. So we've got to introduce every single person. Capiche? Cool. Finally got into it properly as Michael Cole continued to tell us about time zone. I was like, man, I'm going to smash my own brains out. When we got into the women's elimination chamber match... I thought it was pretty well done. It was, of course, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Naomi, Liv Morgan, Tiffany Stratton, and Raquel Rodriguez, who made sure she flexed her back. She loves doing that. And we started off with Becky versus Naomi. And I was like, well, this was a good idea. We haven't seen this match for ages. Conductor hands. Of course, they used to be tag team partners back in the day as well. Though I will admit, Naomi's entrance doesn't work as well when it is super bright. And after they had done a bit of a grappling, they started to mash each other's faces into the steel. 
Because even though you want to be friends in the Elimination Chamber, the Elimination Chamber does not allow it. Tiffany Stratton was the first person out of one of the pods. And this is when I was like, man, do I love shows in other countries? Because this crowd had decided we don't care about anybody else's match. We care about Tiffany Stratton. And she was just getting a wonderful response. And quite clearly, the goal here for everybody was to get her over. Because again, the commentators were like, oh my gosh, Tiffany Stratton. She is the greatest person ever. Do you know she invented bread? And when a vehicle needed wheels, we all went to Tiffany Stratton. Look, I'm not getting mad at this. That's what we should be doing. She's going to be massive. The three then slowed the pace down a little bit, which of course you would too. And it also allowed us to go to this camera shot where we saw all the other people in their pods. Of course, they're all like, I'm ready to go. What else were they going to be doing? Eating ice cream? No. Next up was Liv Morgan, and the first thing she did was take Tiffany Stratton's head and smash it into one of the pods. Once again, the audience was like, well... We don't know what to do now, because we like Liv, but we think we like Tiff more. Becky Lynch was then doing a disarm her to Stratton through the damn steel, which was nuts. And given that Naomi had gone to the top of one of the pods, do you know what she did? A sunset flip powerbomb onto Liv Morgan. And I was like, well, here we go. It's bonkers time. Stratton then went mega heel, though, because she spied with this from afar when she zoomed in. And she hit Naomi with the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And she got the three. And she had such a big grin on her face. And I told you we may be doing Tiffany versus Naomi at WrestleMania. And I was just making things up. But still, Raquel Rodriguez then got in there. And her big thing was, I'm going to destroy everyone with power, including Becky's back. My word, it kept getting crushed. Bianca Belair learned from that too, because as soon as we did get, ah, and she was in there, she was crushing people too, when she had like a big power off with Raquel Rodriguez. Look, I think this worked as well as people were expecting. It is true, they're very strong. Bianca then killed her with a DDT when Liv decided, oh, well, I'm going to do a center on the top of the pod, and she kind of landed on her damn ankle. And because nobody was going to one-up Tiffany during this, she too went up there, and she just dove on to everyone. And I'm sorry, but that's totally nuts. It'd be really scary. She also went for the prettiest moonsault ever, but Morgan actually was able to reverse that, where she kind of hit an avalanche oblivion, and she pinned Tiffany Stratton. This is when all the fans went, boo Boo. They were not saying boo -ons. I was having such a good time. I'm giving it an up. Give me the chaos. Everybody then decided they were going to whoop Raquel, including putting her in the disarmor and giving her the KOD. So from nowhere, she was eliminated too. It also meant our final three were Bianca, Lynch, and Morgan. I was like, what else? Well, that does kind of sound like a law firm. Bianca then did a 450, but she went right into Becky's knees, and that looks brutal. And we had a great reversal off the KOD. I mean, Liv Morgan basically turned it into a jawbuster. Lynch then also escaped the KOD, and that surprised Bianca so much. Morgan just zoomed in. She too hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, and she pinned Bianca when Becky was watching, and she was like, man, you ain't going to do that to me. And she turned around, hit Morgan with a manhandle slam, and pinned her for the one, two, three, and she's going for WrestleMania. I mean, those last 30 seconds were a sprint. We also kind of screwed each other over, but not really, because that is the point of the match. But again, I like this flurry here. It kept me on my tootsie toes. If you know anything about Simon Miller, I like to be kept on my tootsie toes. I don't know what that means. What am I? A ballerina. But I thought this was very good. I meant to say ballerina there. <laughs> I've been up too long. I watched too much wrestling. Point is this. I'm giving it up. We're now getting Becky versus Rhea. I need that in my life. So it was solid stuff, and that ties into our next match too, which was for the men's tag team titles. It was Judgment Day versus the Star Wars catch crew. 
I keep forgetting their name. It is the new Catch Republic, and yes, that does sound like something from Attack of the Clones, and I'll stop doing that joke one day. Although, fair play to Michael Cole, he did give it some history here, and he was dead right. Moreover than that, though, this was Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate taking on Finn Balor and Damian Priest, and we gave them so much room to breathe, I thought this was flubbing entertaining. We also had Dominic Mysterio on the show. He decided he was going to introduce his friends. And he got so many boos here. I was just like, man, I felt like a proud dad. I bet Dom would think I was better than his deadbeat one. He said it. Tyler Bate and Finn Balor started too, and I could have watched that all day for obvious reasons, especially when Pete Dunne joined in. This is when the condom was like, I don't care about good wrestling. And he smashed the good guys right in the back. That's just what the Day of Judgment do. Thankfully, soon Peter's hands started to warm up, so he got the hot tag, where he just did this flipping moonsault to the outside. When Tyler tagged back in, and he got taken out by Priest instantly. And I was like, Bate, damn it, you didn't take your Phoenix down. Bella then tried to get involved, but Bate absolutely murked him with this slam, when, of course, he did the airplane spin. And I tell you, this move is what pro wrestling is all about. You can get anything over, you just gotta give it some time. Pete then ran back in and hit the bitter end on Finn Balor, but this is when Dominic was being a goober again, because he quite literally grabbed his buddy's foot and put it on the ropes. But this is when the referee was like, listen, I've had enough of you, pal. You're ruining my match and I wanna get my bonus at the end of the year. So he said, Dommy boy, you're out of here. Probably sent him back to jail. Balor had taken a med pack at this point, so he was able to get done with the sing blade. When the new Catch Republic actually came back together and they hit that double tiger driver thing, there's actually a pretty good one too. Ooh, I've got to be honest with you, deep down in my tum tum, didn't actually think the Judgment Day were going to lose. Pete then made a terrible mistake because he basically did a springboard nothing right into Damien Priest's fists. When the Judgment Day decided, right, we're going to do our Coupe de Gras, Razor's edge finish combo thing, but they weren't able to, Tyler Bate broke it up. But also then we got another really good one to ooh after the burning hammer, but I think Priest and Balor were just like, we can't handle this anymore, let's just be dicks. So as Balor made sure he got involved when everybody else was on Tina the Turnbuckle, so that Bate and Peter weren't able to do their move, which is when Damien grabbed them and gave him a flipping double choke slam. Then went to the top, he hit the Coupe de Gras, one, two, three. As a lot of people were saying on that their internet, the Coupe de Gras is a super protected finisher. Good. So while this did like a certain amount of jeopardy, because again, like I tell you, I didn't think the titles were going to change hands, it made up for in just being a great professional wrestling match. It was just like an enjoyable roller coaster. You know what's going to happen, and you will do some screaming, but you'll still have a good time, unless you don't like roller coasters. I screwed it up, but there's the word. We then saw everybody getting ready for the men's elimination chamber match in the back, which kind of felt like an invasion of privacy when it was time for the Grayson War effect. Now Austin Theory made sure to announce Grayson to the ring, and this was another nice moment because he came out there and he too was smiling like the Cheshire Cat. He just loved being back home. He also drank from the shoe because clearly WWE only recently found out about this, and now everyone must drink from a shoe. When he didn't waste much time, he said, hey, Seth Rollins, you get out here. And Cody, you get out here too. Seth also arrived wearing sunglasses with a third eye hole. That's when I realized I don't actually know what you would call that. So on this today, I want to clarify, I do indeed call it an eye hole. Grayson was awesome here too, because he kept insulting Cody for not being smart enough to finish his story. When he also went, oh, I just want to acknowledge our tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Given what else happened on this segment, that must have been what Roman told him to do on SmackDown. I mean, look, it's still funny. What a letdown. Waller also wanted to know who Seth Rollins wants to face at WrestleMania, where he dropped a bomb. He's like, well, I'll tell you this. I don't care who it is, but in a few days' time, I'm going to be cleared to wrestle. Now, don't forget, a few weeks ago, we all thought he could miss the show of shows. 
This is wonderful news. As soon as he started to rant and rave too, Grayson just got the mic and went, yeah, cool story, bro, because he's so damn funny. Which is when he turned to Cody and was like, oh, let's talk about you, Mr. Blonde Hair. Do you remember when we had The Rock versus Roman Reigns on the table, the biggest WrestleMania event ever, and you went and ruined it? And do you know what the fans started to do? They chanted, Rocky sucks. We are not in Toto anymore, Kansas. Now, Cody had a great idea here after he had talked about asses and pie, because The Rock like talks about those things. But given that it is 2024, he should be the brand new people's champion when he teased that he was going to tell us what conversation they did have on that smackdown when Cody went to the ring and gave up his WrestleMania spot. And then we didn't get it. This is because instead the American Nightmare turned on a dime and just went, hey, you know what, Dwayne Johnson, I challenge you to a match anytime, anywhere, one-on-one. So this was like giving me some broccoli and then changing it to ice cream. Doesn't matter what I told you beforehand, I just wanted some sweets. I became a nerd instantly. I was like, oh my gosh, we're not going to do that tag match, though we definitely are. Because Seth piped up. He's like, listen, Codes, you know there's no such thing as a one-on-one match when it comes to the bloodline. So as we are assembling the Avengers, I've got your back. So now I'm convinced that's your main event of night one. Austin then got sad that he wasn't involved more, so started to drop the rock catchphrases, which thankfully ended with Theory getting his ass whipped. Because after a while, I was like, Austin, you've got to stop doing it. Want to make sure he ran away too, because I guess these fans didn't want to see him get beaten up as Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins did shake hands. So there you go. There it is. They're going to be a tag team partnership. So while there was no major twist during this, which a lot of people thought there would be, I actually think there is a major tease within this that we're not talking about enough. Because do you know why Cody Rhodes did not tell us about the chat he had before SmackDown? Because the big reveal is going to be, ha ha, The Rock was always in my corner and we did this to take everything from you, Roman Reigns. Which is what Mr. Rhodes did say a few weeks ago. Now, if that doesn't happen, I will revisit this and probably do a little bit of a face palm. But I still enjoyed it just because everyone is so damn over. And it's fun to watch people get a lot of cheers. I don't know why. It just is. Give it a nap. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. For some reason at this point during the show, I went and booked myself a trip to Western Australia. Don't know why that happened. 
when it was time for the men's elimination chamber match. This meant it was Bobby Lashley, Logan Paul, Kevin Owens, who was so mad to see Logan, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, and LA Knight. And we started with Drew McIntyre and LA. And do you know why we did that? Because that was the match on SmackDown. It's almost like this stuff is predetermined. Michael Cole also dropped Chris Jericho's name in here, so of course the internet melted down. But this is like the Wardlow stuff on AEW the other day. I love it when we make these kind of shout-outs, because it makes wrestling feel like a real bubble. And dare I say it, it gives it a little bit more legitimacy. We also need to point out that at one point, Owen saw Logan Paul just started head-buying his pod, because he is crazy. And this Drew McIntyre man, he was going for go-to-sleeps because he is the world's 2024's greatest troll. Kevin Owens eventually got in there and he was so damn mad and he was hitting Splash of the Frogs almost instantly. And I loved how we booked him here because we essentially said, well, Kevin is not going to win this, so why doesn't he just whip everybody's ass and do it with a really mad face? And when we saw him arriving at the arena earlier in the day, do you know how he walked in? Holding a damn koala. So don't you tell me he's not one of the best ever. He is. Bobby Lashley soon got in there after LA and Owens and tried to take Drew McIntyre up, but they weren't able to do it. But because Bob is really jacked, he started smashing him around. And this also tied into Smacker Down, because Bob had a gammy arm here, because Carrion Cross had whacked him. Randy Orton was in next, just looking silly jacked. When we did something very interesting, because he decided to give a draping DDT to Kevin Owens onto the steel floor when he started to sell his back. And at first I was like, oh man, it must be a work because I am a mega geek. But he did such a good job of this that if the commentators hadn't have kept going on about it, I would have been totally convinced. So listen, Randy on an interview says he doesn't want to go to Hollywood, but he just gave everyone a great showcase in acting. And then right, then DDT'd McIntyre into the still floor too, because why wouldn't you do that? When Logan Paul was meant to arrive in the match... But this is what happened. Kevin Owens stopped him and didn't let him leave the chamber when he grabbed him and his penis and he threw him right into the plastic. Kevin then continued to eat him alive because he threw him into the steel and threw him into the floor. I was just like, <laughs> he has been absolutely murked in around about eight seconds. Although Kev then got eaten too because Bobby Lashley was here and he speeded through the damn pod. He took out Logan Paul as well. So this guy had been absolutely destroyed, like I do say. When, of course, we tied it into everything that had happened 24 hours previous. Because as LA Knight was punching Lashley, he kind of instinctively went whap and he hit him with a bad elbow. When all of a sudden he was like, oh, now I've hurt myself. So who was here to capitalize? You already know the answer. It was Drew McIntyre. Because he just whacked him with the Claymore kick and he got the one, two, three. So we're going to have to do this single somewhere. They now have beef. It was then LA Knight's turn because he started hitting everyone BFTs when I was doing this and the dance of joy because my prediction came true. I never get it right. Because just when it looked like Knight was about to get some pins, who had flown halfway across the world because they were so mad at somebody they work with. That's right. It was AJ Styles. And he was wearing black. He's heel now. He also ruined Knight with a chair. So there you go. There is your WrestleMania match. And LA should be so pissed about this. It's like, AJ, don't you have a family? Why on earth did you fly so far to mug me up? He also made sure that he gave a Styles clash to La on a chair, so he was totally dead. But once again, do you know who got the pin? It was Drew. This was so well thought out, the dude doesn't care anymore. All he did was wind up Kevin Owens, who went right after Logan Paul again. And he hit Randy up with a swanton bomb for a one 2 ooh. But I think he accidentally must have hit Randy's out of nowhere button because he slapped him with an RKO and Kevin Owens was gone. That actually made me want Randy Orton versus Kevin Owens. And if you can believe it, I think that may happen kind of at WrestleMania. We then got the big showdown between Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre and the whole time Randy was still going, oh, my back, my back. 
I can't lie, I bought it a little bit. And because, of course, Logan Paul was still in there, they decided we're going to whack you in the penis again, which they did do. Although Logan still hit his crossbody, it looked pretty good. Given that he was the last man standing too, he then went into his pants and revealed he did have some brass nuts. So maybe that was protecting his groin area. And honestly, another round of applause for WWE production. Because we had the camera like here on Logan's face when obviously from nowhere, Randy Orton flew in, he hit him with the RKO, and Logan Paul was done. Honestly, I thought that was so well shot. I'm giving it his own up. It always meant we were definitely down to Drew versus Randy at this point, and I really couldn't pick him, which actually ties into this Kevin Owens, Randy Orton stuff, because I totally believe that at WrestleMania, for the US title, we're going to throw Logan Paul in there too. It's just as Drew went for the Claymore, Randy Orton did collapse, because once again, his back was totally destroyed. And yet from nowhere, once again, he did hit the RK on Drew McIntyre. I was like, oh my gosh, Randy's going to win when, kind of taking a page out of his own book, who was back as if by magic, it was Logan. He punched Randy Orton right in the face with the brass knucks. Once again, Drew was like, way, I'm gonna take advantage of that. He pinned him for the one, two, three. He's going to WrestleMania. I did not see this coming. So it really did tie into the overall story how Drew is desperate to get to that world title and surely he has to win it now. And again, you can see where I'm going with this. Kevin Owens versus Randy Orton versus Logan Paul. It's right there if you want to do it. And I've been walking around going, oh, what is Randy going to do at Mania? Well, now I know. So once again, as well as the women's, I thought this was a great chamber match. I'm giving it an up. Triple H then popped up to tell us the official attendance for the evening. I was like, cool, man. I mean, you could have told me it was 10 people. I'd be like, yeah, great, as long as you're all happy. But also, man, it was main event time, and this was just such a cool thing. I mean, I keep going on about this, but it was just watching a real human experience real emotions in real time. I really liked it. But it was, of course, Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jack for the Women's World Heavyweight Championship, and you just got to go and watch Rhea's entrance. She is so damn happy, and she's so made up, and she's having the time of her life, to the point these two could have got in the ring and played chess, and I would have been totally fine with it. Because wrestling's very odd. Sometimes it's not about the wrestling at all. It's about the moments. I know, I sound like WWE's PRT. A small part of me as well, this part right here was like, man, maybe she should Goldberg Nair and win in two minutes. But we actually did the opposite. And we kind of went 1980s. Because they did collide. But Nia Jax is the more powerful of the two. So she outpowered her. Maths. Ripley did go the other way and hit this really cool springboard Hurricane Rana at one point. But after Nair had headbutted her, she put her in the corner... Look, I just got to tell you what happened, so don't blame me. She rubbed her ass in her face. I mean, if you think it's going to work, why not? It did have a nice twist to it. I don't mean the face ass rubbing, because you don't really see Rhea sell this much. And at one point, Nia even put her in the torture rack. I was like, where's Lex Luger? Rhea was able to turn that into a guillotine choke and slap Nia for a little bit, but that didn't work because she got hit with a bar of power. And sure, yes, every time Nia went for the pin, I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. But once again, it wasn't about that. It was about the spectacle. Everything they did want to get done, though, they really did, though, because they just kept it so nice and simple, which made it even more entertaining. And at one point, Jax hit the Samoan drop. This is fine. She is Samoan. Although later on, she hit an avalanche Samoan drop or a super version. I was like, I'm not having that. You ain't Superman. Ripley was then able to reverse the Annihilator by smashing Nia's face into Team the Turnbuckle when she climbed out there and she hit her own splash of the flogs for a one-two-oo when they went outside and this got serious. The referee was doing the worst job of talking Ripley out of throwing Nia Jax through Alan the announce table. When Nia was like, well, I'm still going to do it. She reversed it and she was going to hit a Simone drop through this thing, but it didn't break and it looked absolutely brutal. And fair play to Nia, she thought on her feet and she was like, all right, well, there's a chair there. She got on the chair and she threw an elbow through it instead. 
Honestly, if that chair had moved, it would have gone really badly. She then threw Rhea Ripley back in the ring and hit the Annihilator for a one-two ooh, but once again, I just didn't think it was going to happen. And now you know, Simon, you're such an idiot, you're such a fool. I know, I was still having a good time. I just knew Rhea was going to win. Rhea then decided to take her own Phoenix down and she came flying back here where she hit this awesome superplex when she stood on her feet and just went, rah, because that's what we do do as wrestlers. When she hit Nia Jax with this great riptide, I mean, they got some serious height. Down she went. One, two, three. And I was like, that'll do it. That'll do. I mean, you could just see how much they wanted to nail that, and they really didn't. Honestly, Rhea Ripley can use it as a platform to become an even bigger superstar than she is now. And fair play to Nia Jax, man. She has returned to WWE, and she's on a great run. I thought this was an excellent main event. Again, I've said it once, I'll say it twice. It made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum, which is kind of the point of this show. I am giving it an easy up. This is all about being humans at the end of the day, my friends. And I don't know what that means. And overall, the chamber is going to get an up. I mean, look, there were some downs I could have thrown in there. When I walked away from my TV, I was like, nah, man, I had a good time. So I'm going to bring some good vibes to the show. That's what the comments are for anyway. Tell me I'm a moron. Also, ridiculously, <laughs> click the video on the screen. The ups and downs for SmackDown, which I only did about a few hours ago. Who else knows what's going to happen? But now I must sleep. So thank you very much for joining me as always. I hope you did enjoy the Elimination Chamber. Of course, I will be back next week because wrestling never stops. Somebody save me. With cake. What? Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.